0: So it's not like riding a bike. You have to relearn how to use Skype
1: every single time. Yeah, every two weeks.
2: Yeah, so I was was thinking about it this morning, and we've been recording the show for like three and a half years. And we've taken a week off here or there. But this is like the longest we've gone without talking to each other, you know, other than like over an email and stuff. But in like three and a half years, that's kind of crazy. Definitely a hole in my heart while you guys are gone.
1: <laughs> well, you guys, suggested, I mean, that's a little
2: excessive, but
0: <laughs> someone
1: suggested that we record uh, just a quick half hour last Thursday, and I probably could have done it, but I didn't have a mic, and we want to try and keep the show high quality. I would have sounded like I was talking through a shoe phone, so. <laughs> From Europe. A shoe phone. Yeah. Huh. Yep. Speaking of Europe,
2: Jimmy and I were in England last week, uh, which is why we didn't record. Yep. And. Yeah, so we were at Maker Central. Uh, it, was, it was crazy get-together. I didn't really know what to expect, to be honest, like going over for it. Like, you know, I knew there were going to be some people there, um, like other creators and stuff, and I figured there would be some people from Europe and from the UK that were, you know, would show up. But I, I didn't have any real idea about how big it would be or how small it would be.
1: Now, also considering it's the first time that Nick, the show organizer, put the show on. He didn't know what to expect either and so you you think uh you know but it was held at a proper convention center birmingham because it was the largest one in the in the country apparently with the you know the most availability because it's like in new york we have the javits center it's got like 10 rooms and you could rent all of them or one of them and so anyway they had a a big enough space there and it was a huge turnout for him uh, and for all of us i mean i i never signed autographs the way that I did there and pictures. Yeah. I, I mean, we've gone to events and we've definitely met people and signed autographs and taken pictures, but that usually lasts about five, maybe 30 minutes. I don't know I was going to say five, 10, 15, 30 minutes. And then the rest of the show is just hanging out with people and just like walking around. Oh, Hey dude, nice to meet you. You know, yeah, that's it. But this was like a solid line of people for hours.
2: So wow. Jimmy, Jimmy gets off the stage. He does a bandsaw thing, which I didn't get to see because I got stopped in a, in a walkway and a line formed like while I was talking. So Jimmy's on stage. So he's on stage. He does his thing. He walks off a stage and walks about 15 feet and gets backed up against a wall and then a line forms. And he stood in that single spot for six hours. About was six, six hours.
1: Six hours. Yeah. It was insane. But you know how it started? The, I hear, I guess it was in, Nick's voice. I mean, super cool by insane. Yeah, yeah no, no, it was the wrong impression. <laughs> I just, we didn't expect, nobody expected to see that many people. I heard at one point it was me in line, you in one line, and Alex Steele in another line, and everybody wanting to meet all three of us, out, you know, at different parts of the arena. But it was 10 o'clock, and me and, uh, I think I was with Jocko, we were spray painting my logo, and he was putting stickers up. They had nine or ten sticker boards for everybody to put their stickers up and then they were gonna raffle the sticker boards off, which was a great idea. So I was putting my logo on each one of the sticker boards when at 10 o'clock, okay, the hall's now open, and uh, within like three minutes, I turned around, and was like, hey, Jimmy, I'm a huge fan. And I started talking to him, and I was holding the spray paint and the, spray, the stencil in my hand, because I was just doing it. And then within a minute, there's like three people behind him, and then within 10 minutes, there was like 100 people behind him, waiting <laughs> to meet me right where I was standing yeah. when the show opened, it was just a random spot. <clears throat> and then at 11, which was the time I was supposed to go on stage, I didn't wasn't paying attention. And there was a huge crowd at the stage. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. I don't know who's up. And then Nick is calling me, he goes, dude, you're up. You gotta get to the stage right now. They couldn't find me in the room. So I walked <laughs> over to the stage and the whole line followed me. And then I went on stage and talked a little bit about bandsaul work and then answered questions. And then they said, Jimmy, can stand on the side. So when I walked over the whole, The whole crowd followed me and cornered me against the wall. And I felt like Casey Neistat there for a minute with doing selfies, like left, (laughs) right. Like I literally had like six or seven people at the same time going, do a selfie with me, do a selfie with me. Yeah. So it was, was, it was was really really crazy.
2: I mean, like, like you said, I've been, you know, when we go to maker fair, the big one, which is next weekend, Mm -hmm. I'm excited about. So I guess when you're listening to this, it starts tomorrow. Um, but, you know, like last year at Maker Faire, we would, every maybe 10 minutes or so, I could walk through the fair all day long, and every 10 minutes, somebody would come by and be like, hey, how you doing? I really like your videos. And it was like a short conversation. They all say hi, and then that's it. But yeah, this was an entirely different, I think it was a different concentration of people who were into video. You know what I mean? Like Maker Faire is a mixture of a lot of different types of people. They're there for different reasons. And this Maker Central was, I think he had 4,000 people the first day. Yeah. And the majority of those people watch maker content, you know. I heard 6,000
1: on the first day. That's what someone told me. Really? Yeah, that's what I heard. Wow. I mean, Nick might have even told me that himself because I spent a lot of time with Nick after the show. We ended up hanging out in London together. Nice.
2: So it was just a different concentration. And and apparently British people, they queue. They just naturally get in a straight line when they're waiting for something, whereas, like, Americans are just, like, become a horde and just wrap around <laughs> the thing that they and want and
1: every fifth person is like the line policeman like making sure everyone stays in, order in America yeah. <laughs>
2: they were super polite and super patient and it was really it was amazing and a lot of people ask me where you were David a lot of people were yep. disappointed that you couldn't make it I'm disappointed I couldn't make it as well it looked like a lot yeah. of fun it really was yeah and I think you should definitely make it a priority next year because I'm I mean, I assume that they're gonna do it again. It was a huge success as far as I could tell.
1: I think so, yeah. He definitely said he's he's already putting together the uh the concept for next year. Nice. Yeah.
2: It was it was very cool.
1: Yeah, it was it was such a great time and I had no uh, you know, just like when you're feeling a little like me personally, I mean, you know, I don't know about either one of you guys, but you know, sometimes you think to yourself, "Am I really? Am I like? What am I doing? This is this really making a difference?" Or like you think to yourself, "You know, oh my, my numbers might dip." Every once in a while, you see like I always joke about red arrows. You see red arrows, and you get a little neurotic, saying, "Am I doing the right thing? How am I navigating this rightly, correctly, or incorrectly?" And but when you when you meet, you know, four hundred people, let's say you're helping change the world. It's it's really it's yeah. a big responsibility, and for you, you know, for any one of us to be like. Oh, you know, I don't think I'm going to do this anymore. You know, I never really thought that. But, you know, every once in a while you get confronted with reality and you're like, is this going to go on for another 20 years? How is this going to really, is this going to be sustainable? You know, just the idea of, of helping people and helping them find their path. It's amazing. It's really amazing. And I, I, a lot of people I met were very open and honest about, you know, their, so there was a certain, like, and you meet somebody in America, I think maybe Americans are a little bit more proud. To be open and honest, saying I didn't really know what I was going to do with my life. Or uh, Over there, there's, there's so many heartwarming stories, basically saying, I didn't know what the hell I was going to do. And you know, then I found you, and then I found Bob, and then I found Dave, and then I found Alex Steele. And, you know, and it was just, it, it seemed, in general, maybe it's just a European mentality, just a little bit more open and honest. You know, here people are a little bit more proud, a little bit more guarded. Mm. So there was a lot of really touching stories about people's oh, yeah. directions changing because of what we all do as, as a community and and how they feel like they're immediately part of the community there's no there's no hierarchy and there's no threshold to cross it's just like derek came with me derek's got a couple of videos private on his channel and he was welcomed right in as if he was another creator and he is he's just not public at the moment and that's what's so nice about this community and i everybody's just it was just so sweet and and Welcoming, and there was a guy with a tattoo of my name on his arm. He had my, (laughs) he had my logo and April's logo on his arm, and you know that's always been like you see rock stars always having like the band logos tattooed on people. I never thought I'd see that, but it was pretty cool. Guy named Sam, so Sam, if you're listening, thank you for that, and I'm gonna thank you for April as well. (laughs) I don't know who's (laughs) not between me and i I feel proud to be honored with with April, so it's really cool. Yeah, but it was great. It was a great experience. It was just so nice.
0: I mean, you can flip that around. Our lives have changed because of the the people that watch the videos and, and oh, the community a- as well. absolutely. It's like this is I, I still absolutely. think I'm four years into this, almost four years, and almost every single day I'm like, I cannot believe this is
2: what I get to do. How fortunate am I? Yeah, no doubt. I agree. I mean, the what Jimmy's saying is totally like he's underplaying it, maybe a little bit the response from people i was i was blown away i was floored and humbled by the people that the stuff that people said i know jimmy cried a fair amount i cried a fair amount <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs> listening to these people mm-hmm. their stories and just how heartfelt it was i had so many people come up and talk about this show and it's funny because i think we get so used to what we do i don't know i'll speak for myself I get so no, it's used true. To what we do. So many people that, like, listen to like us. The three of, yeah, the three of us are just like hanging out, right? And we're just like friends. We get to talk about what we do for a living. We get to, and we're recording it with a, you know, we're sitting on a computer in our underwear, maybe. <laughs> if we're lucky, Jimmy. Yes.
3: Yes.
2: And, you know, like, it's just a thing. But we had so many people come up and say, like, the podcast is the best. Like, it gets me through this time. Or it helped me do this thing. And it just... It surprised me, to be honest, because it just kind of feels like we're just goofing off. <laughs> yeah, And and we are like, are always looking for something to talk about. We don't always have something interesting to say. But I I don't know. I guess it, it reaches people in a way that I didn't expect or I don't see or something. And that was really kind of humbling, you know, because it has an effect that we don't maybe intend it to have or realize. Well, it's funny it
1: reminding me more than a few times, I mean, more than a dozen times. I give somebody a hug and they say, y- you got me through some really hard times. And, yeah. you know, that's enough to make me cry just repeating it, you know. You know, they'll say that at the end. It's almost like, you know, they just like finally, like you know, they tell me and then they go away. And I'm like, oh, my God, what a responsibility. It's great.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I had a couple of people that um, I don't want to give any details or anything, but like they said, you know, like I have some – like personal issues that I deal with on a constant basis. And either the podcast or your videos are the thing that calm me down when I can't calm myself down. And yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, Oh man, like that, that feels really real, you know, to be able to like when someone can't control something and like you have any way to be helpful in that situation. Uh, yeah, man, it got me a few times. Yeah. And another thing that I thought was really amazing from listening to people over there is that, Almost everybody I talked to that was from Europe, from any, well, from not the United (laughs) States, said in some other way, like, I had no idea this was here. Talking about all of the other people who do what they do, you know, within kind of close proximity. I think everybody there feels like they're the only makers that they know. And they feel like they're not connected and they don't have a community. Like the only, you know, content creation community and the maker community are in the States. And there's a lot of us in the States. Yeah. But like the event itself was proof that there's like 6,000, 4,000 people or whatever in a single day in Europe that get together for the same reason. And so it was really cool to see them like, I had no idea I was surrounded by all these people. And like, there were two guys and I don't remember their names or anything, but there were two guys that said that walked up together and they, I was talking to both of them and they were like, we just realized that like this guy's sister and my mother are best friends and we grew up next to each other, something like that, but we've never met until today. And they just happened to both come to this event, realize they had gotten a conversation, realize that they knew some of the same people and they were somehow connected and they don't live very far from each other. And they're both makers. And you know, it's like this really cool hub of connection happened. And it sounds like all the makers in Europe that were there really needed that connection. Like nobody's, Nobody knew it was around. And that's that's encouraging, you know, to just to, I mean, not that not that we did that, but maybe we encouraged them to come to the event, which helped them find
1: their local community. That's awesome.
3: Yeah.
1: So. That was good. Bob, you got to travel around Europe a little bit while you were there with your wife?
2: Yeah, we just went to, uh, we stayed outside of London. You
1: visited a special town, didn't you? What was the town
2: called? Oh, yeah, we did. So it was called <laughs> Claygate.
1: Yeah. Okay. Is that where you were born? <laughs> town.
2: Yeah, yeah. I walked in and I said, "I am here. Give me what I, what I own." <laughs> um, town might be a generous term. It was more of like a street. street. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we we got off the plane in Heathrow and found that this um this place called Claygate, which is where my family <clears throat> originated from. <clears throat> excuse me, is about maybe twenty minutes. I think it's like eight eight miles south of Heathrow. And so, you know, we got off the plane with our bags, decided, like, we won't be in this area for a long time. So we went down there and it was pretty cool. I mean, like, we were only there for a couple hours. We walked into the town center and saw, like, the little, there's like a fountain that was given by some king. That was the
1: bronze statue and, of you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Me holding, like, a hammer. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a bronze statue of me holding a hammer and a 3D printer. And it's been there for, like, 300 years, 400 years or something. No, uh, So anyway, we just went into this little town It was really cool looking There wasn't anything there It was really cute We went into a little restaurant Kind of hotel pub thingy And had food And it was raining So we were walking around with our bags For, you know, ten minutes And I was like, alright, that's enough And we <laughs> got on the train and left But it was cool to have gone there you Did know? you visit cause... the local cemetery at all? No, I We didn't really know what to do Once we got there, it was kind of like, I just want to see where it is, Mm. you know? Um, And I wasn't really sure what to look for. Also, it was raining. Um, And so it was kind of, and we had our luggage, so it was kind of hard to get around. Like, we didn't want to, you know, we didn't have, like, umbrellas or anything. So I I think we'll probably go back with a little bit more information sometime in the future and kind of see what we can find, if there's anything. But it's funny, because I talked to a few people at Maker Central. About that where like somebody said, you know, hey, I saw you went to claygate, I used to work there or I grew up five minutes from there, and I said, Oh yeah, tell me about it and they were like well there's there's nothing there <laughs> like, <laughs> you saw it there's there's just not it's just a small village so but we know about that because on our family we have a family tree that goes back to thirteen hundred fourteen hundred somewhere, like really direct we have everybody back there and um so we have information back to it, to some degree, back to the Doomsday Book, which was William the Conqueror came over from France, I think. I'm no history guy, but it came. he came over, made a, did a census, and that was when people got surnames, basically. They got last names based on where they were or their occupation, like, you know, uh, Baker, Archer, things like that became their last names. And Claygate was a, a place where there was like a little village, and so I think there were a few families there that got named... William Claygate, Claggett, whatever, that type of thing. So that's where our family is as far back as we know. So it was cool to go there. Yeah. Yeah. And then after that, we just wandered around London for a week without kids. And that was super cool. <laughs> we didn't have a plan, which was kind of weird. I felt kind of bad, you know, like taking my wife to England and not having like stuff planned out to do It was just like, you know, like maybe I didn't use make the best use of the time.
1: But London, cool London is a good we, walking city, though. We got to London for one day and just walking around, you see so many things You're like, oh, there's that thing I've seen a hundred times. There's that thing I've seen. Yeah. And I mean, I'm a, I'm a lover of Egyptian art. I discovered one of the uh, Egyptian obelisks that I, that I had read about, which was kind of cool to see in person. But just we had plans of maybe going to the Tower of London or going to this place. But when you're walking around, you don't want to go inside, especially what happened to be really nice weather there. We, we were like, we got there and we're like, oh, let's just keep walking. It's more interesting to walk and see the sights than to go inside of a museum, you know, especially if you're on a day trip. If we had a week, it would have been different or four or five days to kill and then actually go inside and see some of the, you know, the sights to see in a museum. Years ago, I, I visited the British Museum and being a lover of Greek and, and ancient Egypt, the British Museum is a must-see if you've never been because it has all the uh, stolen artifacts from Egypt and, and uh, ancient Greece. Yeah. get to see and the rosetta stone is there not the not the uh the app the actual rosetta stone (laughs) to see the rosetta stone in person was pretty pretty incredible so by the way the rosetta stone is like a thing that was there was like four languages in this region and the rosetta stone has all four languages on it it's like when you see a, a street sign in america that says it in english and spanish so the rosetta stone said all these different languages and it was a big decoder for ancient historians to figure out the language of these different parts of the region. Because it said the same thing in four different languages, so people were able to decode, hence the app, the Rosetta Stone. Yeah. It's funny, those things become yeah. more popular than what they really are. You know, the... Yeah,
2: yeah. We Anyways. tried to go to the, to the British Museum, because that was one of the things I wanted to see. But it turns out that all the museums in London close at like 5.30. Hmm. Like everything closes at 5.30. It was weird. So, you know, we never quite adjusted to the time difference. And so we ended up, like, sleeping later than we should. And then we had to take the tube into into the city, which took about 40 minutes. And then we'd have to walk to the place. You know, we just didn't make it a priority enough. But, yeah, we walked around. I think we walked about 30 miles. I you mean, know, judging my, on my watch, we walked about 30 miles in three days. Wow. We just, walked from area to area, no idea where we were going, just tried it out in different places out. And we ended up going, uh, got invited to the Royal Society by Brady Heron. And oh. um, he does a, a channel called uh, Objectivity. Have you guys ever seen this? Mm-hmm. part heard of it. I haven't seen it. A couple it. podcasts too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he does lots of stuff. But um, so he invited me to the Royal Society to do an objectiv- Objectivity video. And they pulled out something that they thought I would appreciate. And I don't want to spoil it here, because it might be a good video. (laughs) But keep an eye out for it, because it was really fun getting to see that. The thing that they pulled out for me to see, but then also just seeing the Royal Society. The Royal Society is like a British science club, basically. And it's public, I mean, but it started out as like a uh, King-commissioned science experimentation thing, like way back, like 1,200-something. And uh, so it's this archive of science experiments and information. And, you know, people would do experiments and send in the results or they would send in an experiment for the Royal Society to do. And so it's just crazy archive of stuff, all sorts of stuff. So they took us down into the archive, like the vaults, and we got to see, they pulled out these old books, like Isaac Newton's original manuscripts for his whatever the book is called, Principalia or whatever, the where he, like, talked about gravity. Was the and apple there? It's like, no, apple, no, he ate the apple. Oh, he it did? It was gone, yeah. No, no but it was, like, we got to see, you know, his, I mean, like, hold papers with all these famous people's writing on it. You know, like Isaac Newton and Charles Darwin and Faraday and just... Like all these crazy scientists and they just have all these books down there and they just pull it off the shelf and they're like, here, check it out. <laughs> it's, it's wild, that man. Crazy. Got to see Isaac Newton's death mask. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like they have the only copy of his face. And so they bring out this little box and it, they wouldn't let us, you know, they wanted us not to touch it. So he kind of held it up on a table, pulls this top off and there's a face in this box. And I think it was bronze, but it was kind of tarnished and stuff, so I couldn't really tell what the material was. But anyway, they used to take impressions of people's faces. And so I got to see this thing and Brady said, who does that look like? And I kind of looked at it for a minute and I was like, it looks like Robin Williams. And he said, yes. And the other guys that were with us was like, no, it doesn't. But apparently, because I saw it, Isaac Newton looked a whole lot like Robin Williams. (laughs) Brady and I agreed. But it it dawned on me you know, in that moment that like it it is a public thing. People can go there and request to see it and they might be able to. But it dawned on me that that was like one of those things that, uh, you know, you can see a painting of a person and you get a likeness. But that's an impression of a person's face from a really long time ago. And not a lot of people in the world are actually
1: Uh, going to get to see what I've seen this.
2: Yeah, I'm looking at it now. (laughs) Yeah, yep, there it is. It doesn't, it's the nose, right? And like the way his mouth mouth. curls down.
1: Yeah, Yeah. like thin lip mouth.
2: Yeah. Anyway, pretty crazy. It was a crazy experience. Uh, And we got to go to the Tower of London and I looked at a lot of the stuff in, I didn't know a a lot about the Tower of London. So we explored there a bit and there were some like other rooms where people, you know, lived or where they were held, Uh, in prison and so we got to just wander through a lot of those and it's all just exposed it's just i think like we look at our history our 200 year old history and we go to like you know boston or whatever and we go to these historic places i'm doing air quotes and you know all the wooden pieces of furniture that so-and-so sat on are like roped off and they're behind this thing and you can't get to them and and you go over there and it's like Here's a castle (laughs) a bunch of old (laughs) stuff in it. Go do whatever you want to, you know. And It's just everywhere. There's no guards on anything. Anyway, so I go in and and I'm going through this some king's room looking at all the furniture and trying to figure out, like, how things were made at the time and, you know, how things were held together. Mm -hmm. And you can see in certain places how over the years pieces were kind of cobbled back together to keep them, you know, so you can you can see the original work and then you can see how things were updated. But then you see a lot of the original work. It's really amazing tile work that's done. And, you know, that stuff was all created by hand. Yeah. So there was a lot of seeing those things. That I don't really know what I was looking at. Like, I don't know how it was made necessarily, but just getting the perspective of this was done a really long time ago with an entirely different set of tools by people who will never know anything about and it's still around. Like, that's pretty cool. So I I really enjoyed that type of you know just getting to wander
1: yeah no cool just stuff. walking around europe and just seeing the, the old school handcrafts. it's just incredible but the, the buildings the i and i i love old locks so we, I, we went into just a regular locksmith just a regular like locksmith shop and i said i go do you have any like old school locks and he goes oh I, like, he didn't really know what i meant and then at one point he pulls out like yeah that's exactly what i want he's like oh i don't know like to them it's no big deal but it's like a, I called them a mailbag lock, which are these old locks that like I just recently used them on the, the knife case that I made. I, that old padlock in the video is from the garage in my house. I've had it here in the garage for 15 years and it was the perfect thing for that cabinet. So I I said, ah, oh, I I just want the visual to look good. So I gave it, I gave it to Adam and I said to Adam, the lock is on loan. If I find another one to replace it, you swap it back to me. Anyway, so in, in England... <laughs> When we were in London, I was walking in and the lock shop had one very similar, but made new and not in brass, made in steel, but it's still pretty cool. So I'm going to I'm gonna use that and it's going to inspire me to make a video of me making a lock. But, <laughs> but like going into like a lock shop like that, they have a whole wall of just skeleton keys from like 10 inches big to like three inches big. Now, the only way you get a skeleton key in America is to go to the flea market or go on eBay. Mm. But because their locks there are so old and, you know, it's just, oh, yeah. That reminds me of a funny story. This guy Lawrence that I knew in in New York, he was a uh, he's an anatomical uh, artist for animals. So he lived at the London Zoo for a little while. And the key to the London Zoo was like this 300 year old key or 400 year old key and like big enough to hold like a key to the city. And he says he would go out drinking at night and he'd lock the gate because he was an artist in residence and he would lock the gate and take the key with him. And it was the only key handmade 400 years ago. And he says he'd hold it in his hand. Like, and he says, you could beat somebody with it. It was so big. And he'd go to the pub and just have it on his wrist. And people would be like, what is that? He goes, oh, it's the key to my house basically. And, but the fact like in America, that would be under a glass case. It would be a replica. Oh, yeah. Like, he's was like, this is the actual yeah. key because no one cared. They just, just said, don't lose it.
0: Yeah. I had a funny thought. Bob's talking about looking at this furniture that's hundreds of years old. And he's trying to figure out how to put together then Bob goes back to his shop and uses pocket hole screws. Yep.
2: <laughs> ancient pocket hole screw technique. <laughs> That's right. It's probably an older method than you think. I'm
0: guessing.
1: <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> is it? And uh, so,
0: go ahead. I was just going to say, Craig did not invent pocket holes. If you, uh, I, yeah. I always thought that was a Craig thing, but pocket holes were around before Craig was a company. So, yeah, is, just,
1: yeah. Craig just made the jig easy to use. Yeah, yeah.
2: So you're talking about the uh, the London Zoo. While we were at the Tower of London, did did you get to go by the Tower of London, even the outside of it?
1: No, we we walked to the area, then we got diverted because we were meeting up with guys and okay. we're like, we're over here now. So we made a turn going the other direction. So there were these
2: sculptures on the outside and on the inside um, of animals and they were made out of this, I don't, I don't know, like some sort of a, it almost looked like crazy chicken wire. Like it was like a wire mesh type, thing but it was really dense and the stuff was wrapped and then sculpted into life-size animals because apparently in the London Zoo or I mean in the, the Tower of London uh, foreign governments would send like exotic animals as gifts to the British, to the king to whoever was in power in England and so that and those stayed at the Tower of London because it was like the citadel, it was like the little place where the royal family was And so they have these sculptures of like lions and polar bears and, you know, these different big animals, but they're made out of this, it's like a wrapped wire mesh. I'm sure you can find a picture of it, but it was really interesting to see um, and see just how big these things were. But then it turns out that all the animals that were there got moved away from the Tower London to become the original uh, zoo. And so, you know, just... You mentioned the zoo and that made me think of it. But the sculptures were really cool. Um, and it was kind of interesting because they were a slightly more modern piece than, you know, like the rest of the buildings and the rest of everything around the Tower in London. It was very maintained and very old. And you'd have these kind of, not abstract, but not photorealistic, you know, they were just kind of interesting sculptures stuck around. So it was cool. We also went to the uh, portrait gallery and got to see some really amazing portraiture art. And most of it was pretty old, but then you could tell they started adding exhibits that were, you know, in the last 100 years, 200 years. (laughs) That's like modern art to them. A lot of good photography there. So it was cool. Had a good time.
1: We got to go to Alec's place. Alec invited us. So the day after the event, I guess it was Monday. Me and Jocko and, and Derek, we rented a car and we drove all the way, maybe 100 miles, maybe 120, 30. I don't know. It was really far. It was an all-day drive. It was at least a three-hour drive to get to Alex's little town. And Evan and Caitlin were there. And they, they, it was Monday morning because they left a few minutes before us and we picked up the car. And then we drove We picked up a car at the airport. The airport was right near the hotel, so it made life easy. And then we drove out there and Derek drove the whole time. He volunteered to drive on the wrong side of the road. So it was fun. <laughs> not only are you on the wrong side of the road, but you're shifting with your left hand and your your feet. I don't know if your feet are rearranged oh, too. Oh, weird! But everything's I different. Never yeah? thought about that. And uh, and then not to mention the roads are like as wide as like a horse and cart, you know. So the the roads are probably as wide as they were when there was just the ox and cart dragging people around 100 years ago, a million thousand years ago. And so there was nowhere <laughs> to pull over. A couple times we made the wrong turn. We missed the, the turn around, and we had to try and figure out it. You got to go to like another turn around and turn back and. It was crazy. It was just very, very skinny roads. And in America, you'd pass like 400 opportunities to get gas and snacks and food and soda and coffee. (laughs) There was like, we saw one place to get gas and we were about 10 miles away from where we were going and we had another place to get gas. The entire time was just grass. Grass and fields. That was it. about 6,000 turnarounds and turnabouts. When we got to Alex's place, it was was great. It was great to see it in person. And it's uh, off the beaten path in the middle of nowhere. There's this like small industrial park. And I I can't even remember the name of the town. But from where we were, we drove East almost to the water's edge. So Hmm. uh, uh, England, the UK itself is, I guess, the size of Texas, a lot of people said, a couple of people Hmm. compared it to the square footage of Texas. and but it was great he's got such a great little efficient shop and he's such an amazing person he's an amazing filmmaker and his energy level is as it is all the time <laughs> he doesn't yeah. just turn it on for camera but and he, and we ended up make i said it was funny i i, I didn't question him on this but i, I kind of in hindsight it, he's like he's like let's make something because evan and kate were going to be there for a few days we were only going to be there for a couple hours and they were like you do something so i wasn't really planning on making a video just getting a couple of quips for for a vlog which obviously I have, and he's like, let's make a hammer. I'm like, all right, cool. Because I said to him, I go, can I buy a hammer from you? He goes, let's make one. I said, oh, great. And we got into it, and then I became his striker, the guy that swings the hammer. I was like, wait a minute, we have a power hammer over there. What do we do? <laughs> he basically had me strike and hammer about 80% of it. The power hammer we <laughs> used to kind of get the basic form in the beginning, and he let me do it a little bit, but I was like, you know, you're the pro, let me watch you. I'm better off watching you than me experiencing myself at this point My, In my experience. And he's amazing. He just like whips through it. Obviously, he's got lots of practice. And I was his hammer guy, and I was swinging this 15 pound sledgehammer. I never, I haven't done that in 25 years. Like, swing a hammer like I did. I used to break concrete when I was working on a construction team, but that was when I was in college. That was in the 80s. So for me to swing this sledgehammer as hard as and as many times as I did, I definitely felt it the next day. But it was great. It was great for him to put me through those paces. I think he could have easily utilized the power hammer to do a lot of the exercises he was making me do, but he was putting me through them, and it was making me feel old and fat. Especially the video of me—I look old and fat. So <laughs>
3: <laughs> I
1: made an agreement. I turned to Jocko. I love this is Jocko. This is the summer. I Benjamin Button and I lose weight and get in shape. <laughs> After that Alex Steele experience, I was like, oh my god, I, can't, I feel like I'm 51 years old because that's how old I am. <laughs> but it was it was a great experience so i mean if alec if you listen it was just so amazing it was great and i i I thanked him profusely through email and text message but it was was such a great experience and it definitely got my juices flowing so yeah it was i didn't
2: i didn't get to go to his shop we were planning on it and then um my wife and i just were enjoying our time in london you know it was a lot of travel to get up there and we would have had to leave early to get back and it just it wasn't yeah it was was we
1: got back at like midnight one in the morning and then we had to get up at seven in the morning (laughs) you should have seen me and derek it was like i said if the benny hill music was playing it would have been perfect we (laughs) the car we 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 went on with the the uh the what is the, the guy at the hotel that helps you with everything on the side Valet? The valet. The valet or the concierge helped us rent a car and a whole list showed up and the top one was 10 bucks for the day or 10 pounds for them. Like that can't be possible. Like, all right. So we rented that one. We go to the bank where all the cars are like, oh no, you got to go to this other place because it's like some value thing that was added after all the other car companies. So we had to get on the train tram and go to a whole nother terminal, get off. We accidentally found the place to rent a car. By the time we left, it was like four hundred pounds to rent a car or like three hundred dollars u s dollars like in the tr- you know it was supposed to be like fifteen and it ended up being like three hundred just insurance international, you know all the we just like whatever, whatever, whatever we paid for it. and then we had to bring it back the next day by eight a m or we would have paid for a whole nother day. and they open at seven and we're ten minutes away but ten minutes away in like seven roundabouts. so. each roundabout is like a resistor. It's just like slows you down constantly because you're like, where do I go? Oh, I guess go to the next one, turn back around. So between the hotel and getting there, we made a a million mistakes within 10 minutes left to get there by eight o'clock. And (laughs) we drove into a car park and we turned like, oh, this, oh my God, this caused me. We were about to like, just make a three point turn on a one way street and go back the other direction. And so we go into the car park and we pull up to, The thing, and Derek says, the woman says, can I help you? And we stick the ticket and nothing happens. Doesn't take the credit card. And she goes, go to the next buyer. And what she meant was the next thing. You got to back out and go into the next thing. We ended up paying 10 pounds for being in the parking lot for 40 seconds. They wouldn't give it to us (laughs) for free for being in there. So we we just paid to get out. after like, and then now we're panicking because it's getting close to eight o'clock and we're going to get charged for a whole nother day. Mm -hmm. and we we found our way and the only way i could find our way is i had to do an aerial map and remember the architecture and the geometry of the streets and i found it and we were definitely like like a mile away from where it was you know in the complex of the airport we got there in time we were able to turn the car but it was so funny i was like this is all we need right now is the benny hill music two of us like go to this no make that turn and like it was crazy. It was a panic. And, and the whole time we're you know, driving on the wrong side of the road and the impulse is to keep going in the other direction. But yeah, don't rent a car in England if you're from America.
2: I had no interest <laughs> at all in driving over there. Like, no, what we
1: knew. I mean, we ne- neither did we. We were just like, it's the only option. And Jocko lives in Europe, so we figured the worst case scenario, let Jocko drive because he lives here. At least he'll be a little bit more familiar. He used to live in London, so at least he has a little familiarity with it. But yeah. Derek drove the whole time and we were safe.
2: I have driven on the wrong side of the road in the Bahamas for a little bit, but that and like driving in London, at least, entirely different, you know, so I had no interest in that whatsoever. I,
0: I love how both of you call it the wrong
1: side of the road.
2: It is the wrong side. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I was, I was thinking about that while we were there. I'm a lot like, of
1: people said I that. Wonder. No, they go, this is the right side of the road. A lot of the cabbies yeah. said that joking. They must hear it all day long.
2: I wonder... It made me think about, like, I wonder which one of the countries got automobiles at a, you know, in volume enough to decide. I mean, maybe it was before that, though, come to think of it. I guess it was a, a horse and carriage thing. Anyway, it, it made me wonder, like, who decided which side should, you know, should drive on in either case and which one was first and whatever. Anyway, um, David, what have you been doing? You've been <laughs> yammering for, like... 37 minutes. Well, the stuff
0: I've been doing is not as interesting as traveling around Europe and giving talks. Before I get into what I'm doing, can I ask you guys um, what you did on stage?
2: Yeah, I um, I did a talk with, um oh gosh, Jesse Ueda, Peter Brown, and Jocko. And we just did like a Q&A for 30 minutes or so. And it felt really quick and... Uh, But it was fun. And then the next day, uh, I did one about 3D printing with James Bruton from X-Robots. And it was really cool to finally get to meet him, too. I mean, yeah, we haven't even talked about, like, all the people, the other content creators that we met, that we hadn't met, or I hadn't met anyway. But that was super cool. Like, finally get to meet Jocko. I'd never met him before. We had a lot of fun. He's a super cool guy. Got to see April again. Met a bunch of people, but that's what I talked. Wait,
1: about. April, April? April wasn't there. you meant, Laura? I mean, uh, Laura, Laura. Yeah, sorry,
2: yeah. April didn't get to go. She was supposed to go.
1: Yeah, April had a snafu, and so did uh, Izzy. So they were well missed. And um, I went up and I talked about a bandsaw. It's funny. The more time goes on, especially since we did when we did Workbench Con, that big. uh My brother would call it a hoopty scoop when I made that stool in front of the crowd. I don't know, Bob. You watched that
3: yeah
2: well i got there after
1: hoop de scoop is what my brother would call which basically means like a failed attempt at trying to be fun and uh, it was fun it was fun there's no doubt it was fun but it wasn't live building in 45 minutes is completely not not a good thing Mm. so i could just kind of improvise and have fun and play so anyway it got down to the day before we went and looked and nick and i discussed and i said you know what let me just do a quick bandsaw demo and that'll be it and so i freestyled the word make on the bandsaw and then i sliced it up kind of like uh into like, slivers of the word. So I cut it in one direction, and then resawed the word out of a two by four and then handed them out to the audience and then did a q&a for about 20 minutes. It was good. It was really good. It was just a lot a lot, a lot of great fan questions and excited, excited people. So that's all I did. Mine was about 50 minutes long.
3: Nice.
1: I got little bits and pieces of video just
2: Yeah. Well, David, what have you been doing?
0: <laughs> I just finished up our new gas fireplace enclosure, which came out really cool. Uh, it's 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 really satisfying to make something that you're that, that you're happy with the outcome that you're forced to look at every single day because it's <laughs> yeah, right there. Really our, disappointing. Otherwise, I know, yeah. I know. Because our, our TV sits on it, and um, we. Uh, it's made out of cherry and cherry plywood. And then the immediate area around the guest fireplace had to have so many inches of non-combustible materials. So we made some forms and poured some concrete and doing so, I, I just looked up a few little videos on the internet and thought, okay, this is super easy. And I had a little bit of troubles with some discoloration and some things. And Ben from homemade modern, you know, text me and says, Hey, if you have any questions, let me know. I happened to be at Menards when he texted me and I immediately called him and I had, all, and I just bombarded him with all these questions. Like, how do you mix it? And why am I getting discoloration? And, and, uh, he was a huge help. So I had to pour one more, uh, slab and that came out better than the, than the previous one. So I want to thank Ben for helping me out with that stuff. And, and, and now I know, but the fireplace came out really, really cool. I'm really, really excited with it. And then awesome this week, uh, I have a shortened week because we're going to Maker Faire. So I'm, uh, today I'm going to design a, a, just a basic coat hanger and something that I can make and film very quickly so I can edit it and have it done and worry about traveling to California.
2: Nice. Speaking of California, we're going to Maker Faire this week. We are. And somebody is not going
1: who is that you (laughs) you can only see
2: bob's look right now it is
1: (laughs) no i know i i i profusely apologize i know i am in myself too but i've been traveling so much and you know the house is a little now that the spring has finally sprung and it's it's warm here the grass is growing like crazy we have a couple of plans with doing swinging gates at the front and back driveway not to mention uh the building is moving quite along and the windows got installed while i was away i didn't get a chance to see it it's like you know like your baby learns how to walk and you're on a business trip you know Mm. the windows got put in a lot of the electric is going in on the interior just the lighting grid right now and then uh i'm I'm doing a deal with southwire so they're going to give me a bunch of materials so once that comes they're going to electrify the building itself and uh working on the siding next so all these little things actually spray foam's coming tomorrow and over the next in the next couple of weeks I, i'm just overloaded and and also my my channel is being a little neglected i i haven't really put up I, I put up a repeat video today you know some of my old core 77 i have about 30 videos that i'm allowed to repost on my channel between make and core and and uh and rockler and i just haven't done it and when there's a low time that's when i'm supposed to do it and i always forget uh so i just want to just bring re- recoup I've been traveling too much it's been like a trip and then a couple weeks and then a trip and then a couple of weeks and and this trip would actually cost me money so I just need to save a little bit of money and just save some time so I I apologize to everybody who I may have lied to Mm -hmm. but (laughs) we all get to lie once like once once a year
2: once a year this is yours for the year yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> Gotta be honest from now on. Yeah, I mean, I totally understand. Of course, I'm disappointed because I was like, "It's okay. I won't. I won't talk to Jimmy while we're in England because I'll get to see him at Maker Faire." Oh <laughs> man, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, but exists. I, t- I totally understand. I mean, I, I'm a bit overwhelmed with travel as well. I've been going kind of nonstop too, um, yeah. so it'll be nice to be back from it. But I am looking forward to Maker Faire
0: because I get to see David. Oh yeah, and I get to see you. And we are yeah. on stage, I think Saturday at 1 p.m. If you are hearing this in time. Uh, I think uh, I think the the Maker Fair ones Friday Saturday and Sunday. Uh, I will not be there on Sunday because my flight is in in the morning. So, oh really? Uh, yeah, Bummer. Um So I am arriving uh, Thursday at two p.m. and I'm probably just gonna go check out San Francisco, and uh, and then I'll be at the fair on all day. Friday and Saturday. A couple of people have asked about meetups. I don't, I'm not aware of any after hours meetups, but there is a creator stage this year. And um, I'm pretty sure we'll be hanging out around that area quite a bit.
2: Yeah, and I think if there are any meetups, I know there's a couple, but I don't really know the details of them. Um, But I'm sure if you're hanging around the creator stage, you will find out all of those details because that's, you know, where everybody will be. Yeah, uh, David and I are doing one. I think Caleb Kraft is is moderating it on yep. Saturday. And then on Sunday, I'm doing one by myself at some time. And then I think I'm moderating one with Evan and Caitlin and Laura Kampf uh, on Sunday as well, I think. But, you know, keep an eye on the schedule because the schedule kind of changes constantly with Maker Faire. Yep. So, but I, I think the uh, creator stage will be a cool place to just be able to go and find some, you know, interesting stuff, you know, relative to content creators any time of the day, any time of the fair. So, if you're ever not sure what's going on, I would head over there, and I hope people will come to the fair because the Maker Fair out there, all of them are cool. The Bay Area Maker Fair is like the one that's different than everything else. You know, it's like a whole different ball game.
1: It's really cool. Yeah, I like it because it has a Burning Man vibe. I've said it in the past, but mm-hmm. a lot of the Burning Man crew or people, everybody there has at least maybe been to Burning Man, so they got that improvisational, fun, eclectic design mentality. And sometimes you see people walking around in some crazy contraption or riding around, and, and that's <laughs> that Burning Man influence. When a,
0: when a family yeah. member asked me, what is Maker Faire? My best description is, imagine a state fair, but with robot nerds. That's about right, yeah. That's and good. I mean that
2: in a, in a good way when I say robot nerds. Yeah. yeah. A couple of years ago, and we've probably talked about this before, but a couple of years ago, there was a woman in a... There was a parking lot at the Bay Area Maker Faire. And there was a woman who was late 60s, early 70s, probably somewhere, dressed in super crazy outfit with a kitar, And she's playing this kitar, And behind her is a car covered in a pipe organ... And every time she would hit a note on the guitar, flames would shoot out of one of the pipes of the pipe organ. And it was just like the perfect picture of, like, this is Maker Faire. Because it's just a bunch of really cool weirdos showing off stuff they made together. So cool. <laughs> so cool. Yeah, I love it. But anyway, so yeah, we're doing that uh, this weekend. Unfortunately, Jimmy won't be with us. But a bunch of other people are going to be there. I know there's going to be a bunch of creators. A bunch of people are giving talks, but then also just... You know, we'll be around uh, to hang out. So that'll, it'll be cool. Um, What else is going on? Mm. Anything? Mm. Oh, oh, I want to say this. We're moving our website and this is just kind of businessy type stuff. But if, if you find that your podcast player app, whatever you use to get podcasts over the next few weeks, if it stops showing up new episodes, you may need to resubscribe because we're moving the website, we're moving files and feeds get switched and things, and sometimes they don't update. So if something disappears, just resubscribe to us, uh, you know, wherever you listen, because there could be some stuff we can't control over the next few weeks. But we are moving all that to a new website. and It shouldn't really affect anybody, but it might. We're hoping so.
0: I've been kind of off hands with it, but it looks like it's more difficult than what I imagine because there's feeds and you're yeah. worried about people
2: getting multiple downloads and, and I don't know, it looks, it looks complicated. It's a little more than I was expecting to. Luckily, Brandon who's been editing for us is also helping with the move because uh, we all have our own stuff going on. So it's like tough for us to figure out how to, you know, move all these pieces. Um, but wh- what you doing, Jimmy? <laughs> He's on mute, but and so we can't hear what he's saying, but he has his hand up to the camera and he's just like clawing at the camera.
1: I'm stretching my hands, my finger muscles, because I was oh. swinging a sledgehammer with Alec, but just yesterday I was swinging a sledgehammer because we're putting in gates. So I had, these, I had these big steel poles, I had to shore them up so they're level, so that we could pull concrete at the base and blah, blah, blah. And so my hands hurt. Were, we're you just eating
0: scrambled eggs with your hands a second ago, Jimmy?
2: I was,
1: and that's why my hands hurt, because my eggs are so big. <laughs> that's
2: funny. you gotta got to stretch that egg out of your hand. Yeah.
1: Now, while, while, we were, while we were talking, Taylor snuck a plate of eggs in front of me. <laughs> so we. So Awesome. If you, you see outside, we got, like, 400 eggs, and, like, they, there's so many eggs that are, like, in different, they're, like, in the flower pots. So we don't know what to do with them. When people oh, come, we make sure they leave with eggs, because we got 700 chickens.
2: Oh, man. My wife would be all over that. She would come get eggs all the time.
1: Oh, my God. You get, get, like, three chickens, and you'll have... Three new eggs every single day, which
2: is nah, funny. I don't really want chickens. <laughs> that's
1: okay. <laughs> they're kind of fun. The kids would take them.
2: Yeah, that's true. They probably would. I still yeah. don't want chickens, so. though. <laughs> we have, like, coyotes and stuff. I mean, I'm sure you do, too, but...
1: Yeah, no, we've only lost two chickens, it. I think, to hawks, and that's it. I mean, mm. some have just wandered away. You know, they just went and started their life somewhere else, but... Uh, it's They went they, off to they, the big city? They got YouTube, and they're like, I don't need this coop no more. I'm flying the coop. <laughs> Reminds <laughs> I me of one of my.
0: One of my favorite movies, babe pig in the city. (laughs) Actually just really, well, uh, maybe not that one, but the first one, just babe. I really, really love babe. I, when it came out in whatever 94, I don't, there was a, there was a point at the end of the movie where, where I think babe was doing the obstacle course. And I don't ever remember laughing so hard in a movie theater at, at a particular scene. It was, I
2: really love Babe. I, you know. Huh. Yeah. That'll, that'll wow. do, Pig. That'll do. I've never seen it, but oh, now man. I'm curious. Oh. And it sounds like something probably the kids would love. So maybe I'll, I'll Oh, yeah, it. for sure. It's great. Crazy. Back me up, people. Back me up. <laughs> <laughs> I had something I wanted to mention just a second ago. And I totally lost it
1: have you so guys been seeing the commercials for our story. for our podcast <laughs> yeah <laughs> that,
0: that is something i did want to bring up because i've yeah. been getting some comments of like did you know that there's a show coming out called making it i'm like
1: yes yep yeah, yeah. yeah jimmy's on that show you we paid pay for that advertising actually that's uh sixty thousand dollars uh every 30 seconds yeah, no that we joke.
0: that's why we need your patreon support
1: <laughs> yeah for those commercials <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, the show that I did in September where they took our name, we, we had, we discussed it a few times, but they, they, they offered to buy the name and we all agreed not to sell it. So they used it too, because we don't have a trademark. And so we figured we'd piggyback on their advertising. So now our commercials are running and making it is going to be out in July for a six week run. And I don't know. I honestly, I honestly, I, I get a slight vibe that I probably didn't make the edit. That's just my gut feeling. Really? But. Like at all? I don't know I haven't you know they got two people on the show that have like a hundred Instagram followers and they're running around promoting the show and you know I, I I just don't like I haven't heard anything anybody so I don't know I wouldn't be surprised if I was excluded from the show to be honest with you because my part I thought would be more significant and I think so did everybody else because I'm the guy in the shop but you know when you're making something out of a uh, you know, cotton puff balls, you don't need Jimmy to help them put the glue on the cotton puff balls. So I think well, it Depends they... on what kind of glue it is, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think they thought the show was going to be a little bit more workshop-centric. And it was mm. to a certain extent, but not nearly as much as everybody expected. Mm. So I, I, I spent a large portion of my time just sitting in the workshop, playing with iTunes, and them yelling at me to turn it off. So... <laughs> I
0: just realized something. We don't have to yeah. trademark the name anymore because... NBC has a trademark and we have an agreement that we can both use it. And so if anybody violates that, we just have to have NBC take care of it. That's right. Is, Is that how that you works?
1: Podcasters that want to steal our name. Sure. <laughs> no, it's, you know, it's funny. Like when you get into the minutia of legality like this, it seems like you find the right lawyer, he'll make it work for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. You find the right yeah. wrong way. Like, Wait, no, no, that's not what we want. Let's get a different lawyer. And then they're like, oh, yeah, we'll make it work in your favor. Yeah. You know, so the laws are so. They seem pliable. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but it seems that way.
2: Yeah, anyway. it seems like whoever whoever's got the, the most money and the most number yeah. the biggest number of lawyers probably is going to be the winner regardless, but
1: who knows? Yeah. Hmm. yeah. So that's exciting. It's exciting. Let's we'll see if we get our numbers up when the show comes out.
2: I I this is not to be negative, but I would predict that we will see zero increase, zero effect. <laughs>
1: I I, I agree with you. I think you're right because these things, like people, always assume, "Oh, I'll I'll mention you," and it doesn't ever help. You you know, you got to do it yourself. You're like, if there's anything out there for the taking, you got to go and get it. You know, people will mention your name here or there, and you'll get like two people going, "Oh, I found you because so and so mentioned you," but you're not going to find a treasure trove of new fans because of it. Just randomly gets mentioned somewhere else. Well,
2: and just because the name the names are the same between the two shows. Like the medium is entirely different. They're going in different directions, reaching different people. I just don't see how there would be a positive crossover for in either direction. I mean, I just, you know, maybe there will be, and that will be awesome.
1: But the show is going to air after America's got talent, the number one rated show on NBC. So that might help. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe we'll get three people, not just two. Ooh, that'd be good. Yeah. Three new listeners would be awesome
2: everybody oh. counts that's <laughs> um well you mentioned patreon and i wanted to uh thank our patreon supporters before we go for today and i'm just trying to pull the list up so i'm stalling a little bit while i talk about patreon being a really cool way for people to support us you're doing a good job and
1: Bob. there's the list thanks man i appreciate it have you guys um, been especially... watching Oh, I'll, go ahead. I'll say it. I'll, I'll say it when we talk about the recommended videos. But go ahead. I'm sorry.
2: Yeah. I just want to thank everybody that supports us. Um, it, it does mean a lot, and it helps a significant amount. So I want to say a big thanks to Wise Old Dow, Evan and Caitlin, Corey Ward, Malton Bake. Ma- <clears throat> not Malton Bake. That could be another channel. Malton Bake. <laughs> Who <Yeah>. we met. <laughs> <laughs> Who we met, and he's super cool. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that was really awesome. Uh, works by Solo, who was also there. Michael Schubert, Dor Shereer, Chad from Mancrafting, who was also Who's there, there and <laughs> make, build, modify. Yeah, there were a lot of people there. It was really yeah. cool. Uh, a lot of Patreon supporters uh, of you know all different levels and stuff. Because there's a lot of people that we don't ever mention because they're at a lower support level, and that's just how we do the rewards. But we're grateful for everybody, and a lot of those people were at maker central and came by and said hi and yep. i was able to say thank you in person absolutely um if you do want to support the show it it means a lot it helps us pay we have an editor now that we're paying and we have a new website and a uh, we're moving the podcast to a service uh, you know that costs money and stuff like that so uh, the patronage is really really we're grateful for it it does matter and if you want to help out the show, you can go to patreon.com slash Making It and help us out that way. Or you can, you know, leave us a review, sharing the show, telling your friends, people you don't like. You can tell anybody you want to, really, and it still makes a difference. So, <laughs>
0: yeah. Thank you. Oh man, if you have people you don't like, you fix that.
2: Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm disliking true. people.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah use use the podcast as a conversation Ooh. starter. Yeah. to Fix your relationship with the people you don't like. <laughs> I like that. <laughs>
0: uh well this week it's been a couple weeks since we've uh recorded and so my pick is going to be simone uh she yeah yeah, she um she recently found out that she has a brain tumor tumor and yeah fortunately um it can be operated on and so uh, she has a um she has a good outlook on it it looks like it'll uh she says it should be fine there's can always be complications and so um just wanted to give a shout out to Simone and sh- her channel has blown up over the last couple of years rightly Absolutely. so because she's so yeah. unique and so amazing and so uh, thinking about her during her surgery.
1: Yeah, that was yeah. a that was a really big admission to go public with and more power to her and I'm sure it's going to help a lot of people who Yeah to watch someone as significant as her go through it is going to really comfort a lot of souls who are in the same situation yeah, yeah. Uh, my pick is jack Conte again i mean i know i talked about him a couple weeks ago when he did his video for for, for uh casey <clears throat> but he's he's hitting it with a couple of other videos he seems to be taking the wave and riding it and he's a great video maker he's yeah. amazing it's so much fun to watch him just like it and he jumps in and out of the timeline which is yeah. a lot of fun, and and that's just true. his his like on like his just energy is just crazy. You know, he's like he's got no he doesn't edit himself, which is funny. Uh, it's fun to watch, and it's encouraging because if you know you're somebody that's a little shy, you watch him, and he's his last video where he's dancing at the end was hilarious. Or so he's just like dancing to the music he makes, <laughs> and it's great. He just starts playing the piano, and all of a sudden he's got like background music, whatever it is for the. So I love his his crazy style, and and it's and it's so refreshing to see somebody develop a new style just i don't think he's developed anything it's just who he is and it just comes through in the edit uh so it is his personal style but it doesn't seem like it it seems very natural yeah it's very genuine and natural we had the the the, the, uh the drone be his robot how he turned the drone into a character (laughs)
3: yeah
1: it's just uh, yeah it's just such an He seems like such an extremely playful guy which is great so watch jack's new videos And he is the owner of Patreon, the guy who started Patreon. Yep.
2: And Jack is a, um, he is like as passionate and as jumpy and excited, you know, like how he is in the videos. He's just like that in real life. Like he's like Alec where you go like, oh, that's probably like a camera thing. But no, (laughs) he's
1: he's just, just, he's 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 like 130 (laughs) miles per hour the
2: entire time. Yeah. Cool. Um, so mine is a book audio book, and I owe David an apology. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about this over text yesterday. So a couple of years ago, well, it's more than a couple years ago now, David sent me a, a book by Gary Vanderchuk. Vanderchuk? Vanderchuk? Gary, Gary, Gary V? Gary V. We're yep. going to go with that. And said, read this book. It's really good. And it sat there on my desk for like two years, and I never read it. And then I took it back to him or mailed it back to him or something. And so Gary Vee is a kind of motivational business type dude. And he's one of those that like is real loud and real aggressive. And so like I, even if I don't know, I just didn't really get into it. Like I I never really was interested in hearing a lot of depth of what he had to say because it just seemed abrasive to me. I'm just being honest here. And so after hearing all these people talk about this, his books, Over and over, I finally um, got one of the audiobooks recently, and I've been listening to it for the last week or so while I've been running and stuff. And he even says in this book, it's Crushing It is the name of the book, but he even says in it, like, a lot of people don't follow me or don't listen to what I'm saying because they think I'm a blowhard. They think there's no content behind what, you know, I'm just like a a loudmouth type person. And when he said that, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I totally (laughs) agree with that. But then he goes on to say, but... If you give me a chance, you'll hear what I'm saying. You'll hear that there's more, it's not fluff, there's more to it. And so I did. And he's totally right. So I'm eating my words that I never actually said out loud. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Um,
2: There's really good stuff. And I think um, it basically, the book is about being, you know, an online personality or being an entrepreneur it kind of covers a lot of ground but it's about using modern tools social media tools and stuff to build a brand build a personal brand to do whatever it is you want to do and for us it's what we've been doing as a career for a while um but there's just some really good there's a lot of like individual stories in it by of other people that learned something from him in the past and so you hear other people talk not just him but anyway, there's some really good stuff in it. And listening to it gave me an idea for another book. And I don't know that I'll ever write that book or if that'll ever work. But, you know, just listening to something kind of unrelated sparked a new idea for me. And that immediately made it valuable to listen to. So anyway, I'll put that out there. I'll put a link to it. Uh, I got it on Audible. But there's, you know, paperback and all that stuff called Crushing It by Gary hmm. Vee. So check it out or don't check it out. That's entirely up to you check it check it cool you guys got anything else
1: after show after gotta show. listen after to the after show. after show to hear what's else if I have what's anything else stuff?
2: I'm saving it for the after show <laughs> <laughs> cool well thanks for listening I'm glad to be back it's good to see you guys yes thank, well, thank you. you everybody for, group your, hug. for your for your patience for letting us have a little vacation that I think we all needed in fact I want to talk about that in after show let's okay. talk about why I needed a vacation yeah cool all right. The after show, by the way, is uh, something that people who support us on Patreon get. So if you're interested in more of us, go do that there.
1: We tell secrets there.
2: Secrets. And Jimmy sometimes has pants on.
1: No, not at the after show. It's everything. Everything's <laughs> out. No.
2: Gotcha. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week.
1: Hold on. Let me take my pants off. Get ready for the after show.